Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy. Now of course in this episode I've got news and gossip-ish, but this episode is going to be a little bit different because I'm going to be giving my reactions to Wrestlemania night one and night two, and of course I'm going to be talking about the fallout from Wrestlemania with everything that happened on Raw and SmackDown um, after Wrestlemania because a lot has happened and a lot will continue to happen um, as we continue to grow from the experience of Wrestlemania. It was an amazing night so there is still so much um, growth that needs to happen from Wrestlemania but I am definitely excited about it Um, and I hope that you enjoy this episode as you know I talk about my excitement and share in your excitement as well and yeah i just hope you enjoy this episode this is the hardy wrestling podcast all right so in this news and gossip is there's a lot of crazy stuff in the wrestling world going on um considering it's before and a lot of this news came a little bit before and a little bit after Wrestlemania I'm going to try to get into most of it as possible so I'm going to start by saying um, as of today congratulations to Alexa Bliss and Ryan Cabrera the popular 2000 singer because they did get married on today so congratulations to them or at least by the time recorded yesterday Um, so congratulations to them and also congratulations to Corey Graves the the popular and polarizing WWE um, Monday Night Raw color commentator and Carmella they finally did get married of course Um, they have charted their relationship on their podcast bear with us and of course on their new reality show um Corey and Carmella which is on the YouTube channel um of WWE's YouTube channel so congratulations to both of those happy couples and I wish them nothing but the best um in light of some other things that's been going on with some other couples which isn't exactly the best um thing to hear about um nash carter who used to work for and who used to be with nxt and was um more recently crowned a two-time nxt tag team champion along with wes lee of msk has been released from wwe after allegations of domestic violence were made from him and sean rossap of fightful select confirmed um the news of his release so it came after his wife who's also a fellow wrestler herself kimberly posted pictures on twitter showing her face with the bruises um with bruises and saying that he split her lip open after getting drunk and said that she has hid this for a year and even forgave him and it's really at a it's really all of this is coming to a head because she did make posts a few uh, on Twitter a few weeks ago um, talking about ways of which he might have possibly abused her in any way, shape or form. And here on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, I would never say that a victim of domestic abuse is right or wrong because I'm not there. So I would not say I will not say on here whether it's true to me or not. But what I will say is abuse is a very serious accusation and it is a very serious 
biggest deal and I feel like if you're with someone you love you should not hurt them in any way shape or form whether it be with words or definitely physically or emotionally or financially or any way shape or form so I don't stand for that at all here on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast I'm only reporting what's been seen and said over the past couple of weeks leading up to this um like I said he had just won the NXT Tag Team titles um in a triple threat match against Imperium and the Creed brothers at NXT Stand and Deliver which came on um the Saturday afternoon before WrestleMania night one um and him and Kimberly were married in 2020 and she previously worked in WWE from 2016 to 2018 as Abby Lath and that she and she's also worked for Impact Wrestling since May of 2020 as well but it's really really sad how this is all sort of you know coming apart right now so um yeah it's just getting crazy and then what's even worse is um in the past he had worked for Impact Wrestling along with um Desmond Xavier who is now um Wesley and they were known as the Rascals and they also um were teaming and they also teamed up with I believe Trey Miguel and they were all three a faction together but they were broken up when MSK was actually taken and then Trey Miguel wasn't taken um and he had to go back to um and he had basically stayed at Impact and you know became more accomplished there so now we're I, and now now that he's been released the NXT tag team titles have now been left vacated so now I'm pretty sure at some point NXT 2.0 is going to make some type of announcement um to talk about what's going to happen next with the tag team titles but their tag team division is stacked so I'm so I'm not exactly worried about that but I do feel sorry for um Wesley in the sense that he's been left without a partner that he's been partnered with for so very long due to some due to accusations and then also due to a possible picture that might have gone viral of him possibly dressed up as um Hitler so there's just a lot of going a lot of stuff going going on but I'm hoping the best for all people involved and I'm hoping that they can all sort of rise above what's happening and just figure out what their next steps are also in the news we have um a pretty disturbing situation involving a WWE Hall of Famer um who was classified as the first ever diva Sunny um her real name is Tammy Sitch and apparently she was um involved in a three car crash in a three car crash last month in florida that caused the death of a 75 year old man and that according to tmz sports police suspected that sitch was driving under the influence during the time of the fatal crash and according to the traffic report by ormond beach police department the crash occurred on the night of march 25th on u.s highway 1 in volusia county and that sunny allegedly crashed her 2012 mercedes-benz into the back of a 2013 kia sorrento that was stopped at a red light and then the kia crashed into a gmc yukon that was also awaiting the green light and the driver of the kia was transported to a hospital before passing away of injuries suffered in the crash and sunny was also um, hospitalized with unknown injuries and she was allegedly seen driving at a high rate of speed by two witnesses before crashing into the kia um and also the police documents state that a blood sample was taken during Sitch's hospital visit, but the results were still pending. Um, 
and this is kind of sad in the sense that every time we sort of hear about Sunny, there's always some type of um, controversy surrounding her name is like is either she's getting in some type of legal trouble or she's talking mad mess about the women's division of now and talking about how it's vastly different from when she was there um which sounds kind of tone deaf for her to say um considering it's like you're a woman and you're sort of bashing these other women um who you sort of paved the way for in a sense but you know it's sad so um according to a few documents she had been arrested for for dwi at least six times and she was also arrested in january for threatening to kill a man with a pair of scissors during a domestic dispute so here's hoping that she does get the help that she needs um and learns from this situation and um continues to grow um as much as she possibly can and learn from her mistakes as we all um do whenever we get into a certain amount of issues like that but yeah here's hoping the best for Sunny and um we're also sending condolences to the family of the man who passed away in those acts in that accident and we're just sending them healing energy um in some lighter news Corey Graves um who just recently got married said that he wants to wrestle in a big interbrand match at Survivor Series so he recently spoke with Wrestling Inc's managing editor Nick Hausman at um WWE's Wrestlemania media row about Pat McAfee's um ascent into wrestling and so um they were talking about how um, Pat McAfee grew up within a few miles of Corey Graves in the Pittsburgh area and while Pat pushes his accent Corey actually began to unlearn his accent when he began so he said um quote if you close your eyes they've both McAfee and his brother Sam Adonis got that deep Pittsburgh accent the Yenzer it's so funny to me I laugh about it all the time how McAfee is this broadcasting juggernaut right now and when I first started doing commentary the first thing I had to do was unlearn my um, Pittsburgh accent um and then he also said that it took him a while and I was very self-conscious about pronouncing words a certain way because I wanted to sound like a broadcaster and then Pat comes along and blows the whole thing up I'm like man I should have unlearned it maybe I shouldn't have unlearned it then maybe I would be in McAfee's position and then he also teased the possibility of facing Pat McAfee um on social media although he did notice that with him being on Raw and Pat McAfee being on Smackdown they would probably compete against each other during Survivor Series and he's quoted as to saying not to my knowledge was it ever discussed with any sense of legitimacy but you've got to remember there's only one night a year um raw and smackdown competes in head-to-head competition survivor series i hope i'm going to start politicking now i think mcafee and graves at survivor series i think we we have to pass the bar that was set by cole and lawler at wrestlemania and then he also took time to praise pat mcafee for his work so far so i think it would be awesome if Corey graves were to decide 
to wrestle Pat McAfee in a match considering um he's more of the experienced wrestler even though of course he hasn't wrestled in over eight years at this point he has been cleared to compete so it would be amazing if Corey decided to get back in the ring and wrestle Pat McAfee who is someone who is able to adapt a lot of his athletic skills to becoming a wrestler he's had an amazing match with Adam Cole and in NXT TakeOver War Games and more recently at Wrestlemania which I will talk about later on in this episode so I feel like if they were to fight each other at survivor series i would definitely be here for it the battle of the commentators and there's two of my favorite commentators at that so that would be awesome um i'm here for it um also in the news we have samoa joe um explaining why he signed to both AEW and ring of honor so this past weekend during wrestlemania um samoa joe made his surprise return to ring of honor at the end of um the friday night super card of honor event by chasing away both jay lethal and sanjay dutt before cutting a promo talking about how a new era of ring of honor had arrived and then moments later it was confirmed that joe had signed with both ring of honor and aew and would also be appearing on on of course this past week's aw dynamite and in the post-show media scrum he shed some light on why he decided to sign with both companies He's quoted as saying, at this point in my career, what I have done, the second release, my going back to WWE was majorly because of the people I had worked with and the relationship I had built in the company, namely with Triple H and William Regal, Joe said. As for Triple H dealing with his situation, which I knew about and was way more concerned about than my employment and Regal and his departure, I knew the writing was on the wall for me, which is fine. We were a big collective team and a big collective think tank within the company company and they went a different way as far as the release it's an up and down process for a lot of people for me it just freed me up to pursue a lot of projects that I really want to talk that I really want to work on and freed me up to talk with Tony and talk about the future of what he wanted to do and I was very surprised that a lot matched up and um he's quoted as saying that um Tony Khan didn't have much of a chance at talking with him when he was initially released hinting how triple h had contacted him within hours of his release in order to get him back into the fold of the performance center and then he also said that his biggest concern now is winning both the ring of honor and AEW world championships he said that's why i'm here i try my bid at bettering the world of professional wrestling but at the end of the day i'm here in AEW and ring of honor to be a unified champion i'm here to win the AEW championship and the ring of honor championship i'm here to win anything that put in front of me i'm more than willing to go into the owen hart tournament and win that this ain't a game anymore aew has had a lot of feel-good moments a lot of great wrestlers who respect each other i don't respect nobody until you're in the ring with me i'm until you're in the ring with me i'm coming out there to smack people in the mouth and take what they have that's pretty much my edict when i'm here broadcaster mentor good guy i'm all of those things but not here not here at all so it looks like samoa joe is definitely ready to um takes takes care of some business and knock some heads off so he can win all the titles um and be 
another and basically be another double champion like another Samoan that we know and love that I'm going to discuss later on in the episode as well but I'm really excited for Samoa Joe and I'm happy that he was able to make his debut as a surprise during Wrestlemania weekend which was so huge for a lot of people so he definitely deserves this and we just want to send him a congratulations because it just felt like just last year when Samoa Joe was commentating in the rain at Wrestlemania in Florida and then he got let go and then brought back in and now he's out of WWE again only to make more of a splash um in the independence with AEW and um Ring of Honor so congratulations to him also something else that took place during Wrestlemania weekend we had the return of Taya Valkyrie um she returned to impact wrestling so during impact wrestling's event called the multiverse of matches which my guest gia miller did talk some talk some about during our interview together um they had this event at wrestlecon and it saw um the the triple a rana Dorena's champion and ring of honor women's world champion diana Parazzo retain her triple a title over fabi apache um and another champ champ challenge so as she was cutting a promo on the on the new ring of honor interim women's world champion mercedes martinez she was basically like um interrupted by taya valkyrie who came back and stated that she wants to fight diana for the triple a reina Dorena's title and it was confirmed for the upcoming impact rebellion pay-per-view so um it's really interesting how this happened because valkyrie definitely has some history with impact she spent more than three years with them until leaving in january of last year and then she signed with nxt debuting as frankie monet and then she was just released in this past november and she's also the longest um reigning knockout women's world champion at 377 days with her first and only title run which went from january the 6th 2019 until january 18th 2020 so impact rebellion is set to take place saturday april 23rd so and it's going to be taking place in poughkeepsie new york so along with that you have other matches like josh alexander versus moose for the impact world title rosemary versus tasha steels for the knockouts world went world um title and a triple threat match for the impact x division title with trey mcgill mike bailey and ace austin and so many other matches as well so i do send my very best to taya valkyrie seeing as i hope that she is definitely staying in a place that feels like home um in terms of impact wrestling and to see her to see someone who was as dominant as her go up against someone like Deanna Parato who has done nothing but run roughshod through so many various so many women's divisions including in impact and other places it's just you know I feel like this is definitely going to be an interesting mountain for her to try to climb in order to maintain her dominance so big ups to those women and lastly something that really fascinated me this week in wrestling was the fact that i was on facebook and i saw a picture that someone posted of it's a very old picture of vince mcmahon and shane mcmahon with a beautiful baby boy um from at least over 20 years ago that 
was at the beginning of the WrestleMania 20 package when they were celebrating the 20th anniversary of WrestleMania at Madison Square Garden years ago. And of course, this is the WrestleMania where Victoria fought Molly Holly in a hair versus hair match for the world for the women's championship. And this is also where Eddie Guerrero successfully retained his title. Um, and also where um, Chris Benoit won the um, world heavyweight title against Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And so many various things happened at that event as well. So they had this beginning package with the baby um, along with Vince and Shane McMahon. So this was Shane's first son, I believe. And now in that picture, someone said that he that this baby is about to start college. So I looked it up and lo and behold the baby Declan McMahon um who is Shane McMahon's son um is going to be joining Indiana's 2022 recruiting class um on the football team in the Big Ten um conference and he's six foot 192 pounds and he's a running back and a quarterback hybrid and he played high school football at Poly Prep Country Day School in Brooklyn, New York. And according to his Twitter account, he also received scholarship offers from East Carolina and Fordham, Fordham, and he earned an offer from Indiana and visited the Bloomington campus in March. So we want to send a congratulations to Declan McMahon, and I hope he continues to succeed um, in college football because it is definitely a big deal in various places, but especially down here in Alabama because, you know, um, um, roll tide war eagle go blazers all the things so yeah i think it's going to be interesting to see this other mcmahon sort of make his way in another form of sports outside of wwe so or maybe who knows he may you know decide that maybe wrestling wants to it, wrestling could be his thing you just never know sometimes but congratulations to Declan McMahon and the whole McMahon family on this sense of accomplishment for one of their um newer descendants of the McMahon family empire so that's really all for news and gossipish and now I'm gonna go to all of my thoughts and feelings about Wrestlemania night one and night two All right, so now we've reached the point of the episode where I talk about all of my feelings about WrestleMania. And of course, we got to start with night one. And in talking about WrestleMania night one, we have to start with the women. So, of course, on night one, the women's matches that we did have was for the Raw Women's Championship between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. And, of course, the SmackDown Women's um, Championship match between Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. And I'm also going to talk about the fallout from these events and everything and talk about everything that happened during the week in wrestling in response to everything that happened at WrestleMania as well. So, of course, we're going to start with the Raw Women's Championship match between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. This match was everything. It was absolutely everything I could have had and wanted and needed in terms of time, in terms of style, styles of wrestling against each other, in terms of the entrances. Oh, Jesus, the entrances. And also just in terms of the in-ring psychology and the storytelling. This match was probably one of the best women's matches to ever take place um, in WrestleMania history. And I am so happy with who came out the winner. Becky Lynch came out there 
and she looked like she was almost dressed up like a dark witch because she came out there kind of like in a coat that kind of almost looked like a dress or something and then her haircut was giving like Haley Williams of Paramore um considering she got her hair and her hair clipped by Bianca Belair because she brought the scissors out because she thought she was gonna cut off Bianca's braid but no um <laughs> so she wound up getting a haircut herself and then she came out with her outfit and then her entrance was really cool too because the letters that popped up on there which spelled out big time Bex it was like they were showing all kinds of amazing moments that Becky Lynch has had in her career in the same style and format as the Marvel um studios logo does you know when they show various scenes of various movies from the Marvel Cinematic Universe it was basically the Becky Lynch Cinematic Universe in this case so they showed that and then they and then they sort of went down to the stage and showed her riding out in an escalator beautiful white escalator that um and she came out like the big time person that she is and it was just really cool her entrance was really cool and then she sort of stood there in the ring you know waiting for bianca belair and child bianca's entrance <laughs> oh my god just i just love what bianca brings to wrestling even though she's not the only woman that bring the only black woman that brings it to wrestling as a whole, she brings it to wrestling in a way that makes you feel seen. And her entrance did exactly that. I had no clue what was going on because I'm sitting here watching it, you know, and then all of a sudden you see people with instruments coming out, you know, and they're chanting ocean, ocean, ocean. And I'm just like, these people and then they came out and i remember it was texas and then this was basically an hbcu marching band that's a historically black college or university um marching band coming out and then when i realized you know and looked at the logo i realized it was texas southern university's band and i recognized them because they actually had a place or basically played um at the graduation ceremony last year for um their of course their large graduating class of 2021 while also a famous graduate you know graduated as well and that's of course Megan Thee Stallion as she got her bachelor of Art, bachelor um, of science degree in health administration so I'm just like okay so they come out and then they start playing Bianca Belair's theme song and then Bianca comes out in her beautiful red outfit with her jacket on and everything that was giving you know marching band queen realness and then the and then the drum majors actually bowed to her as she came out and everything and I was like oh my god and then they were and then the band kept playing her theme song as the track of her regular theme song was playing and it just gave me everything I needed to survive <laughs> it gave me everything I needed to survive and she came out there skipping out there swinging that air showing her confidence with that smile and everything and it was just beautiful it was absolutely beautiful um I loved it because that was just a part of my childhood and a part of my life that I you know greatly appreciate and admire because it's just like I can't tell you how many parades I've gone to for the Magic City Classic down here in Birmingham where Alabama State's marching band and Alabama A&M's marching band came down and played music and then they would battle each other at the football game at Legion Field 
or the amount of times various HBCU bands would come um, to my high school, you know, and try to recruit and everything or play or practice in the field and everything like that was my life. And it's just to see that, you know, reflected in wrestling, even though it's not the first time this happened because Florida, I believe Florida A&M, you know, played for John Cena a couple years ago, like years ago um, um, at a wrestling event, which I, be I believe was WrestleMania too. But it's just the fact that, you know, this happened in this way and this was a black superstar you know openly showing this part of her pride um at a large event like wrestlemania like this was going viral like for the first like literally throughout the entire weekend of wrestlemania and even a few days afterward and it was just so beautiful to see and i loved it so very much so i just love her entrance but to go to the match though because that's really what we want to talk about this match was fantastic um i was it was certain points where towards the beginning i was worried because becky lynch kept hitting her with all the moves that she would have hit her with including that busted ass rock bottom that i call the um that she does call the um oh my gosh <laughs> the manhandle slam and it looked like it was about to be a three count but then it wasn't and then there were a couple of times where Bianca you know basically showed that she learned you know her lesson from the last encounters that they may have had and Becky and Becky was kind of shook by that you could tell that Becky was like okay you know she had to really go and you know try to like figure out what it would take to beat Bianca because all her old tricks just wasn't going to work her cheating or her using the manhandle slam and there was even a weird a really funny point where Bianca actually um tried to make Becky submit by putting her into the disarmor which I thought would have been a great tur turnabout is flair fair play moment if Becky had tapped out to her own move but it didn't happen that way there was also another point where Becky was on top of was on the top rope and then tried to do a flip onto Bianca but Bianca tried to catch her but she wound up kicking her in the eye which basically wound up um giving Bianca the black eye that we did see her with um on Monday where she was wearing the glasses and blocking and everything but this was a really hard fought match and Bianca and Becky knew that she was just you know close getting closer and closer to losing her title and you could see the desperation on her face but it wouldn't work and everything that she tried to do wouldn't work and be and Becky tried to tried to hit another move on her but then um Bianca caught it and then turned it into um a kod and then she wound up winning and becoming the raw women's champion and i am so happy and i was so happy that it happened because becky winning again after you know after her embarrassing bianca the way she did at SummerSlam last year in those 26 seconds and everything and how it upset us all and everything i was just so happy that bianca was able to win because she deserves it and she's worked hard to get to where she is and she knows that she's the est of wwe and she knows that she deserves to have a lengthy title reign because she is that girl and i am just so happy that she won and i'm so happy that she looked 
looked good with her beautiful gear that she created and she had one of the best entrances in wrestlemania history if i do say so myself you just cannot beat hbcus and their bands at any point in time at all um so this was great and i want to and i just want to congratulate bianca belair too because girl you did that and i'm just so proud of her um yeah and of course in terms of monday night raw she cut a promo um talking about how becky was just always trying to second guess her about how she rose above you know even second guessing herself after losing in those 26 seconds and how she fought for the raw women's title and how she's going to represent it in a big way and be a fighting champion and of course she showed how the match took a lot out of her especially with her getting her eye getting her eye blackened with that blow um so she was really proud of it and she really doesn't have anyone who's you know directly ready to challenge her at this moment so she's just standing tall but then of course becky made an instagram post saying that she's gonna come back stronger than ever blase block girl whatever get to the back of the line like you told Be bianca to do but whatever it's whatever bianca's the winner becky is no longer i guess big time bex and yeah it's okay but as far as the SmackDown women's title goes with Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey, this match was pretty hard to pay attention to, I guess, because it came, I believe it was either right after the Raw women's title match or maybe right after um, Cody Rhodes, the Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins match. Um, but it was hard for me to pay attention to this because it just seems like there was just something missing. There was something missing with this feud that just didn't feel as um, tight as it did, you know, once before, like when they fought in Survivor Series years ago. Like, it's just been missing something. It feels like Charlotte Flair has been doing some of the best heel work of her career, talking down on Ronda Rousey. And for some reason, Ronda had just been on the struggle bus when it comes to her promos and everything. And when it came to the match, it also felt like, like, it felt clunky in some places. So I hate to say it because I actually love both of those women so very dearly, but this just wasn't the best match from the both of them. And hopefully they, they can have another opportunity to turn everything around with this I quit match that they're scheduled to have at Backlash um, in, I believe, maybe next month or a couple of weeks or so. But this match was not one of their best. If you go back and watch their WrestleMania match, you'll probably understand why. Um, but... Charlotte Flair wound up retaining her title, which disappointed me a little bit. But I mean, when it comes, but I mean, it's, it's almost like Charlotte has probably, as far as I know, Charlotte has only lost at WrestleMania maybe twice um, since she's come up to the main roster. And this just wasn't one of those moments. So I guess now they're just playing it out a little bit more. But I'm really hoping that Ronda Rousey can turn it around in terms of her in-ring work and also in terms of her promo work as well as this feud continues to go on. Because I kind of predicted that maybe it wouldn't be over for them whether Ronda won or not. So yeah, this match, the SmackDown Women's title match just was not the greatest that it could have been at that point. For it to be WrestleMania, it just wasn't the best. So definitely when it comes to night one, Bianca and Becky... Um, 
take the gold star for the best women's match that night so yeah and that's really all that happened with the women there of course like i said ronda challenged charlotte flair to an i quit match at backlash to which um charlotte flair didn't necessarily accept but they scheduled it anyway so now that's gonna happen and that's the fallout from that and yeah that's pretty much it so involving the men though for night one night one sort of started with um the Usos versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs for the SmackDown um, Tag Team Championships. And this kind of disappointed me because that match didn't really go as long. Because as Rick Boogs was trying to hit a maneuver where he was lifting up both of the Usos, his knee buckled. And it wound up being, I believe, a quadricep injury. And they had to end the match early. And the Usos wound up retaining the title because Shinsuke was fighting was essentially fighting in the match by himself and didn't have his partner um as backup and injuries suck like that's literally what i can say at this point injuries really do suck in the case of rick boogs because now he can't come out and play the guitar on smackdown we can't watch pat mcafee dance and we also can't watch him be a possible champion at this point because of the injury like i just hate injuries so much and um i'm just hoping that rick boogs does get better and that his rehab will you know be successful during his time and then of course shinsuke actually got in the face of roman reigns this past friday on smackdown but the usos you know gave him a super kick you know to kick him out of the ring and make it seem like you know he was disrespecting them by him coming out and trying to issue a challenge to roman reigns and i am definitely here for shinsuke doing that simply because of the fact that i always felt that shinsuke never shinsuke really didn't get that much of a chance at um at the universal title or the wwe championship since his feud with aj styles um happened at that point because he did win the royal rumble but he did lose his championship match and that was unfair to me and then since then he never really had another chance at the main title so if he's set to go up against roman reigns this way then this would be really fresh and really cool and it's something that the fans you know could definitely get behind i'm definitely behind it too so I'm intrigued by this and yeah we're just hoping Rick Boos gets better and then the Usos are now about to go on this quest to try to beat RK bro for the Raw Tag Team Championships so they can hold all the gold like their tribal chief is currently doing but I don't know how successful that's gonna be so yeah that's pretty much the fallout from what's going on from those matches there um then we had Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin this match was pretty good but it's something but I really almost feel like this is a match that could have been possibly kept like on a smackdown or something because we've been watching them fight and go back and forth for like the past couple of the past couple of months since january but aside from that and with happy corbin sort of telling that joke to disrespect drew mcintyre in the memory of his mother angela drew definitely had to get his lick back and he definitely did and he made history by being the first person to ever kick out of the end of days which shocked the crap out of the audience and i didn't even know it because i could have sworn somebody else had kicked out of the end of days at that point but apparently nobody ever has and drew mcintyre was the first to make that happen and i thought that was cool once my boyfriend told me that was what was going on and i was like dang and then after that point 
that was when I kind of felt like Drew was going to win. And he did. And he wound up slicing the ring in half or whatever with, with the sword. But outside of that, you know, that's basically the end of that feud. And I'm kind of glad. But with Drew McIntyre, now he's set to fight Sami Zayn next week because their match on SmackDown didn't happen because Sami Zayn ran away and got counted out. Then on top of that, you have Happy Corbin now fighting with Mad Cat Moss because Mad Cat Moss, because he basically said that Mad Cat Moss is the reason why he's been losing and because he's been celebrating his Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal win. And I'm just like, why you got to blame Mad Cat Moss for you losing at WrestleMania? That's like a cop out like baby just say that you just didn't have it together and just call it a day don't blame the person that's been by your side all this time you know antagonizing drew with you but you know they've been egging on the fact that they was gonna break up for like the past couple of weeks so i'm not mad about it but jesus christ like own your stuff man but whatever it doesn't matter at this point. I'm just ready for Mad Cat Moss to beat up on him some more so they can fight each other. Because on SmackDown, Moss did give him the business and he did stand tall. So I'm okay with that. Um, he's a burgeoning star and he deserves this opportunity. So I'm really cool with that. Then we had the tag team match between The Miz and Logan Paul the bane of all of our existences sometime most of the time versus the mysterios and this match was really good and considering this was dominic's first ever wrestlemania appearance he did really good as well you know stacking up with someone like the miz who's been who's been a wrestlemania main eventer and you also have his dad ray mysterio who has won the heavyweight championship before at wrestlemania and their gear was paying tribute to their mexican-american heritage while also paying tribute to eddie guerrero as well and that was really interesting because i know a lot of people on social media thought that dominic was just dressing like the american flag or like macho man randy savage but no he was really paying tribute to eddie guerrero and i thought that was really cool because when i saw the outfit and how it had all the fringes on it i was like wait a minute there's a picture that i've seen an old picture i've seen of eddie guerrero somewhere kind of dressed like that and lo and behold that's what it was so that was really cool and then to see them hit you know double six what nines on miz and logan paul that was really good too but logan paul's performance was something that a lot of people was talking about um they weren't really expecting him to really be as good um but he really did have a good performance there even though we may not like him or whatever i may not necessarily like him or whatever but he did a pretty good job in his match and he did execute a really good frog splash it's not as good as montez fords of course um and then he did play up a lot of his heel tendencies as well by actually hitting the three amigos on Rey mysterio in texas um i call it the gentrified three amigos because well no i called it the gentrified three friends that's what it is the three friends that's what he hit on Rey mysterio with the frog splash but then he hit the gentrified shimmy too and i was just like boy bye get gone like i was so mad i was like how dare you disrespect him like that um and then he came out there dressed up like pikachu or whatever um and like and then he had like a pikachu a really rare pikachu um pokemon trading card out there on a chain or whatever and it was really expensive and everything and i was just like yep this is you know a lot of excess here okay 
but him and Miz actually wound up winning the match and that surprised me I was just like bro like why is it that Ray and Dominic have been struggle busting so much lately for them to be dominant for them to have been former tag team champions it's like they've just been losing a whole lot and then it also translated more into Raw because Dominic wound up losing to the Miz and wound up getting beat up on a debuting um Veer Mahan like who we have been waiting for for months on end he wound up getting beat up by him and bullied by him and so and he beat up his dad too so I'm just like at what point are Ray and Dominic going to actually be able to show their dominance and actually win more They've been losing a lot lately, and I don't like it because I've always been a Rey Mysterio fan, and I just feel like they just deserve better at this point. Like, I just don't want to watch them lose and get ran over over and over again. I'm tired of it. And now The Miz and Logan Paul are beefing because The Miz attacked Logan Paul because apparently on an episode of Raw that I missed, um... Logan Paul actually left Miz behind so now the Miz has now left Logan Paul behind and he hit a skull crusher finale on him um to the happiness of a lot of the WWE fans there because nobody likes Logan Paul and then when he got interviewed backstage Logan Paul said F the Miz and I was like dang it's serious now and now the Miz is set to go one-on-one with um Cody Rhodes who made his surprise return um as well and I'm going to talk more about that um pretty soon but yeah like that was just really interesting to see but I still feel like the greatest celebrity um wrestling moment definitely still goes to Bad Bunny because he definitely set the bar incredibly high but Logan Paul did a pretty okay job and talked about the fact of how wrestling isn't fake because he's still feeling pain from his Wrestlemania match so he does get a little bit of credit for that but I still don't like him but either way it was still fine now this surprise match with Seth Rollins not knowing who his opponent was gonna be Seth Rollins look came out there cackling and everything and then his entrance was really cool too because he basically had a choir of people you know singing his theme song oh oh it was really interesting um and it was really funny too because I'm pretty sure you know everybody in the arena was singing along with him and then he came out there in his um lacy outfit with his blue fur coat on and he just looked like prince to me with this outfit on because i was just like bro this is like something prince would have worn like in the 2000s or something um during his raven to the joy fantastic album thing and if you're a prince fan you probably know what that is if you're not please look up those pictures because prince always served fashion and this is exactly and seth rollins serves fashion in everything he does and i found out that this um outfit was designed by Mikazi, aka sasha banks's husband so he did a really good job with this design and he came out there you know just being the picture of opulence looking like yes don't make me wait for my opponent bring him out this is my moment and then all of a sudden fireworks started popping off and then it got dark 
and nobody knew what was gonna happen and we're all just sitting on the edge of our seats just waiting like oh my god who is it who is it who is it who is it but everybody in the crowd was chanting cody 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 and i'm just like bro what if it's not cody <laughs> i'm freaking out because i'm just like bro what if it really isn't cody but then you just hear these drum beats and goes boom boom and then all of a sudden you hear a voice saying wrestling has more than one royal family and everybody starts going crazy like oh my god and it turned out as soon as the graphics popped up and everything it was cody rhodes and i'm like oh my god i felt like i was in a dream world and then all of a sudden he rises up out of the stage and it's really him and he's making his entrance with his robe on looking like hot looking like um homelander from the boys and everything and i'm just looking like bro this really him walking down a wwe ramp at wrestlemania what and then it didn't even get even realer for me until the ring announcer said his name and when he said cody rhodes i was like oh my god i was in shock i just could not believe what was happening even though he said in interviews that him coming back was the worst kept secret in wrestling you just never know like people can take rumors and you know sensationalize them and run rampant with them online to the point to where you almost feel like you're afraid like you really don't want to believe it's true um out of you know holding on to the surprise element so that's something that i do like whenever i see a rumor like that i feel like it's not fully confirmed until i actually see it happen that's literally how I feel. So it wasn't real for me until I saw him and they said and they said his name. And when they said his name and he was walking down there, I was like, what? It still feels like I'm in a bizarre world. Like he's really on TV and he's really about to wrestle Seth Rollins right now. One of the best in the world. And then they went on and had a killer match. This match was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I do recommend you go back and watch it on Peacock or whatever it is you watch WrestleMania on, um, the WWE Network or whatever. Watch this match back and it will remind you about why you love wrestling. He came out there and paid tribute to his Stardust character. He paid tribute to um, his dad by hitting the bionic elbow. Like he did all of the things and it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful because I just never thought I would see Cody Rhodes in WWE ever again. I didn't think he would ever come back ever, but he did. And now here we are in the today of things and he is in WWE on Monday Night Raw about to fight the Miz next week. And I just can't. And then on Monday Night Raw. Well, he went on to win the match against Seth Rollins, um, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, but on top of that. On Monday night, he gave this really heartfelt promo where he was talking about a lot of the reasons why he came back, everything he had done, you know, um, leading up to this point. And then he talked a lot about his dad and how his father won, at, won the WWE Championship on in a, another iteration in the 70s, but didn't win it on a technicality. And 
how he really wanted to win the WWE title and bring it home to him and let him be able to physically touch it. And even though, of course, Dusty can't physically touch it now because he has sadly passed on, it's like he's going to still bring it to the family name. And that's his new goal to become the WWE or Universal Champion at this point. And then after that, Seth Rollins came out on Raw and told him, welcome back, and then walked away. So I'm almost feeling like this beef between Cody and Seth may not be over. But then at the same time, Cody is trying to also possibly pursue the world championship. So it's just like, oh, my God, like we are living in a very amazing dream world right now where Cody Rose could literally fight anybody he wants to. Like, I want to see him fight Roman Reigns. I want to see him fight everybody at this point. Everybody who's anybody in WWE, I want to see Cody fight. I want to see Cody fight Edge. I want to see Cody fight AJ Styles. I want to see Cody fight Kevin Owens. Um, I just want to see Cody fight everybody. Or if he decides to go down to NXT and be the new learning tree that his dad was, oh my God, that would blow my mind too. It doesn't matter. I'm just really happy that Cody is back. Like, I just can't even believe it. I can't. I still can't. I literally still can't. Like, I feel like I'm about to wake up from a dream and Cody will be back at AEW or something. But he really is here on WWE. Like, oh my God, I can't. I just cannot. I cannot deal. I'm just really happy. So aside from that, please, like I said, go back and watch that match between Cody and Seth. It was really good. Um, and I enjoyed it very much. So I probably need to go back and watch it again. Um, just for just to relive the moment because it was great. But then um, to end off um, night one of WrestleMania, Kevin Owens had his Kevin Owens show where he had Stone Cold Steve Austin as a guest. And they sat down and talked for like the first um, piece of it, the first quarter of their time together. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin came out there, made his entrance, and then he um, walked back and forth on the, on the back part of the stage. But instead of walking down the ramp he rides down the ramp with his um with his four-wheeler which is the greatest thing ever and then he goes into the ring and then kevin owens proceeds to talk trash about texas and you know like he's spongebob and patrick to sandy cheeks and he just continues to just you know bash texas and bash him and all that and stone cold steve austin just wasn't having it and he was just like bro like you really need to shut up because you're really a piece of ish and all this other stuff and then he asked the fans if you know y'all wanted me to fight him give me a hell yeah and everybody said hell yeah so here we go and they fought each other but it was a lot longer than i predicted it to be i was thinking it was gonna be a match and then somehow or another um, Stone Cold was going to catch Kevin Owens off guard, give him a stunner and they and hit him with a one, two, three. And then that was going to be it. That's not what happened. We got at least maybe a good 10 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes out of Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens in a match. And for someone who hadn't wrestled in over 19 years, Stone Cold Steve Austin did a really good job. I was definitely thrilled with how good of a job Stone Cold was doing, you know, given the circumstances of his age and also his knees and stuff. He did really good. Um, and then just to see both of them try to like stun each other or whatever, but then 
um, Stone Cold and hit the stunner on Kevin Owens and then he would go on to win the match. Like, it was just really good. So I was just like, man, like, Stone Cold was still taking bumps and everything. I was just like, dang, like, this is really cool. So it was good that Stone Cold was able to have that moment and that Kevin Owens was able to have that moment as well. So, and then, of course, Stone Cold was out here drinking beer, catching beer cans, you know, getting inebriated and all of the above and riding back up the ramp or whatever. And that was pretty much the end of night one. So night one was pretty lit. Like, it was really lit. And then, of course, on Raw, Kevin Owens was talking about how angry he was and how um, he had a lingering back injury, and that's the reason why he lost his match against Stone Cold Steve Austin or whatever. Just giving all kinds of excuses. And then he gets interrupted by this dude named Ezekiel. And then when he came out, okay, I'm going to make a confession. When I saw Ezekiel, I thought it was LA Knight with a wig on. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I really did think it was LA Knight with a wig on simply because of the fact that I had never seen Elias just clean shaven like that before, but he kept denying that he was Elias and he said he was Ezekiel, Elias's twin brother. And we're all just looking at him like, bro, like you're lying and all this other stuff. It almost felt like watching Zoe from Sesame Street tell us that Rocco is actually a real person. And Elmo is steadily screaming at her, telling her, Elmo is not a real person. He is not a real pet. Elmo, Rocco is a rock. But he go, but it's like, Ezekiel is just going to argue down and say he's Ezekiel when we know he's Elias. So that's pretty much what's going on. And Kevin Owens just walked away from him because he was just not in the mood for any of it. So that's basically the fallout from night one of WrestleMania. Lots of good stuff happened here. And of course, lots of good stuff happened on night two um, with a little bit of bad stuff as well. But we're going to talk about that later, too. So, yeah, get into it. Right, so now we're going to talk about WrestleMania Night 2 and the fallout from it. And with, and of course, sadly, but not really sadly, Night 2 only had one women's match, um, but it had um, some really big heavy hitters fighting in a fatal four way match for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. Of course, you had Carmella and Queen Zelina defending their titles um, against Naomi and Sasha Banks. Um, aka Team Glow Boss versus Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley, who came out dressed in Catwoman and um, I believe Danny or Donnie Danny Darko um, in a Danny Darko costume with Bunny and everything. I just know what her bunny outfit it reminded me of um, Ariana Grande's Dangerous Woman era. But I know that's not what she was trying to channel. But either way, that's just kind of what it reminded me of. And of course, versus Shayna Baszler and Natalia. So this match was pretty good. I will say that um, you saw the best of each woman um, in the match. You saw Natalia's um, technical prowess. You saw a little bit of Shayna's technical prowess, but not so much so. She had a lot of kicking involved. Um um of course with her MMA background and everything and kickboxing background and then you also had um Naomi and Sasha just being 
the goats that they are. And then you had Carmella and Queen Zelina, you know, trying to distract and everything and trying to divert to a point to where I almost thought they really were going to retain their titles. And it seemed like for every time Carmella tried to cover someone and they kicked out, she would get frustrated. And then as she would get frustrated, so would Corey Graves on commentary. And he would be like, try it again, baby. And then it was it was just rooting her on. And it was just really cute. And her outfit was beautiful because it definitely channeled Madonna in her um, material girl um, music video. But then it was also kind of like... They were talking about Material Girl, and in my head, I was like, Material Girl, I wear Chanel 9 boots, and da 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 Like, I just thought about Saucy Santana. I stay on TikTok way too much. But either way, <laughs> um, she tried her best, and Queen Zelina definitely tried her best in, in order to try to retain. But it was just like, they were, there was this really cool spot where Sasha and Liv sort of did a tope suicido out on both on like both groups of women on each opposite side of the ring and that was really cool like there was just lots of really amazing moments in this match um and a lot of people kind of accused WWE of not really taking the other women seriously outside of um the main title pictures and everything with the women's championships but this match was still good nonetheless and I was definitely happy that Naomi and Sasha wound up winning with their maneuver that they put together um and I was just really happy that Sasha was able to get her very first WrestleMania win and being able to win the women's tag team titles with someone that she started working with when she first joined the main roster in terms of Team Bayette. Like, that was really cool, too. And then the fact that they made history being the first um, the first black women um, to win the women's tag team titles, you know, just put that was just was like the icing on the cake there um and then on top of that you also have Bianca Belair who's a champion and just there are just so many black women thriving in wrestling and it is just so great to see that along with Jade Cargill in AEW and Tasha Steeles um on Impact Wrestling being the knockouts champion and everything there are just so many black women doing amazing things in wrestling and it's just nice to see Naomi also get her first title in a number of years so it was just great to see it and I was just so happy that they won um but the fallout from it of course was them on raw they had to face off against Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley and they wound up beating them and then Liv wound up taking the brunt of the beating and Rhea Ripley got frustrated but then she wound up talking Adam Pearson to give them another chance to fight for the tag team titles on next week's raw and a lot of people online were very confused about that because they was like, bro, they just lost. Why did they get another chance? But then when you think about the idea that there's really only so many um, tag teams in the women's division, I think at this point we should just be able to just be happy and I guess take what we can get at this point. So I don't know. But either way, I'm happy that Naomi and Sasha won because they definitely deserve to have that moment. So yeah, um... And I feel like maybe Rhea and Liv are having a little bit more internal issues because Liv did face off against Sasha Banks at SmackDown this past Friday. And even though Naomi was on commentary and sort of rooting Sasha Banks on and everything, Liv was by herself and Rhea was not behind her, you know, and in her corner. So yeah, they're going through some issues and I'm pretty sure you can ex probably expect Liv um, 
to lose another partner and basically Rhea will have to be on her own which I will be a little bit more of a fan of because seeing Rhea Ripley fight against Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's title would be a little bit more interesting than just sticking her in tag teams it's almost like they don't trust her by herself and that's not fair considering this is a woman who has won the NXT UK Women's title and she was the person who dethroned Shayna Baszler from the NXT Women's title as well like she's shown that she is capable so why don't you guys trust her like let her go let her be free and be the dominant queen that she is god and that's not to say that Liv doesn't deserve better but still give Rhea a chance to be the star that she is and then of course Car with Carmella and Queen Zelina losing their titles Queen Zelina was very frustrated with Carmella because they were supposed to be fighting um Natty and Shayna on Raw as well but then they had a war of words and which led to Queen Zelina flirting with Corey and saying that he was a handsome man and seeing as Carmella was preparing to marry Corey she didn't take that very kindly and they got to fighting each other and Natty and Shayna never was able to have their match because they were fighting each other so I'm hoping that Carmella and Zelina you know can finally have their match to get their stuff out of the way and over with because I want to see a more vicious side of Queen Zelina because Zelina Vega is my girl if you've been listening to the Hardy Wrestling Podcast long enough you know I love some Zelina so I want Zelina to be a little bit more vicious um and just start to just tear Carmella apart so yeah but then again Carmella might not be on TV for a while because of course of their marriage and stuff so yeah that might not be happening but either way that's what's going on in the women's tag division so that's pretty much all that happened at wrestlemania night two for the women so we're moving on to the men and for the men we had the triple threat tag team title match um, for the raw tag team titles with rk bro versus the street profits and versus alpha academy um this match was really good like it was a good place to excuse me a good place to start a wrestlemania night too because you saw the very best um of raw's tag team division for the men go up against each other you know and it's never really boring when these guys fight each other even though we've seen different iterations of this match it still wasn't boring in the least bit because they were definitely coming out swinging you had um randy orton and riddle basically hitting rkos from top ropes and everything in midair and everything you had um angelo dawkins showing out his athleticism montez ford being montez ford um <laughs> um otis being the powerhouse of alpha academy you just basically had all of the things here and it was just great and then even though rk bro wound up um retaining their titles or whatever something that disappointed me a little bit was the fact that even though the street profits had their little edge or whatever and it almost seemed like they were about to turn heel they were celebrating with rk bro at the end with like drinks or whatever in their red solo cups and then they even invited gable steveson the olympic gold medalist who signed to wwe to have a drink with them as well but chad gable wasn't having it and he got upset at him and was like bro like you're a rookie nobody cares about you and he mad disrespected him but then 
Gable Stevenson wasn't having it, so he smacked the crap out of him and hit him with a suplex, and then he got out of the ring, and it was really interesting. That was that was really cool to me, but I just hated that it seemed like the Street Profits were healed one minute or had a little bit more of a darker edge to them, and then now they're just, you know, happy-go-lucky even after they've lost their chance at the tag titles. That disappointed me a little bit. But now RK-Bro has to have their head on the swivel because now they got to worry about the Usos trying to take their titles from them in order to try to dominate both brands. So that's what's going on with them. But then when it came to the Street Profits and Alpha Academy, they fought on Monday Night Raw and then they actually wound up beating um, the Alpha Academy. So big ups to Montez and Angelo for still, you know, out still being out here and trying to maintain that they're one of the best tag teams ever. So yeah, that was cool. Then of course RK Bro also fought with Finn Balor against the Usos and Austin Theory on Monday Night Raw. And I didn't necessarily see all of that match, but from what I heard, it was still pretty good, even though Austin Theory was still reeling from his loss to Pat McAfee um later on that night and the Usos were just on Monday were just trying to egg him on or whatever um to let his edge and his confidence back out or whatever so yeah that was pretty interesting so that's really all that happened with that like I said RK bro did retain their titles um so yeah then we had Bobby Lashley versus Omos and yeah this match was it was okay in the sense that it was interesting to see Bobby Lashley break down Omos piece by piece and then fight him um, on the level of which you weren't necessarily expecting. And Bobby Lashley was able to show his strength by actually lifting somebody as heavy and as tall as Omos. That was the most impressive part of that match. And Bobby won and that was like the right, you know, I feel like that was the right decision to make because even though Bobby may not be in the title picture right now, he still deserves to be, you know, put out there as the strong person and as the monster that he is. And that's just something that he deserves. But then notably, he was out there at WrestleMania without MVP. And this question got answered real quick on Monday Night Raw when MVP was out there and then he introduced Bobby Lashley. And then he came out there and talked about how he did it with how he beat Omos without him. And then Omos came out there and asked for a rematch and then Bobby looked like he was game but then something dark and twisted that happened was the fact that MVP turned on Bobby Lashley and I was not expecting that at all simply because of the fact that Bobby Lashley and him have been so tight over the past two two years like ever since the pandemic era started MVP and Bobby Lashley seemed like they were such a winning combination and now and even with him you know driving him away from Lana of course and all of that crazy stuff to him becoming the United States champion and then going on to become the WWE champion all of that happened when he was partnered with MVP and the Hurt Business for the short period of time they were together so now he's turned on Bobby Lashley and now he's advocating for Omos and I believe this is a good you know fit for Omos seeing as he's not that polished I mean he he has potential and more potential to reach in terms of his athleticism but as far as his personality goes that's still you know a diamond in the rough and I believe MVP is the person who will be able to polish that a little bit more 
But dang, it was so heartbreaking to see MVP turn on Bobby Lashley after them um, being together for so long. So, oh my gosh, that was just so tough. But yeah, um, that's pretty much what happened in WrestleMania. Bobby beat Omos, but now Omos got the last laugh because he's now aligned with MVP. And it's just so sad, but Bobby will be okay at this point. So, yeah. Then we had the Anything Goes match with Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. And this was wild. <laughs> and that's really the best I can say. This match was absolutely wild. They were pulling out all the stops. It was almost like if this if the show Jackass exploded in a WWE ring, that's what it was. Um, you had mousetraps everywhere. You had the entire cast of Jackass Forever sort of out there with the exception of Steve-O. Um, out there sort of assisting Johnny Knoxville and stuff like that they were using all kinds of weapons and everything to beat up to beat each other up a giant rat trap like all of the things were just happening in this match and Johnny Knoxville wound up winning or whatever um and then there was even a point where I believe Johnny hit Sami Zayn in the in the hoo-ha with a bowling ball and it was just really funny like this match was more funny and more ridiculous than anything else but it wasn't a bad ridiculous it was just a really funny um goofy ridiculous if you're into watching um people sort of tear themselves up for the sake of entertainment in that way it felt a lot like watching Looney Tunes on a Saturday but I wasn't I wasn't mad at it at all and the right person won so it's okay so yeah and I feel bad because there's only so many I didn't really know that many people from Jaggers because I didn't watch that show growing up but I believe it really was for a lot of the people who grew up watching that show because I know my boyfriend enjoyed it um because he was into a lot of the characters and stuff I had no clue who a lot of those people were so yeah I'm pretty sure all of the audience who was made for really enjoyed it and I still enjoyed it too so it was okay still don't still freaked out about that really big rat trap though I didn't know they made rat traps that big but either way um that match was fun then we had Edge versus AJ Styles and oh gosh um I don't know if it was because I was tired but I feel like I barely paid any attention to this match um and it's not the fact that this match was bad but it's just the fact that this match felt a little bit slower in pace in comparison to a lot of the others um but I will say this though I do admire the effort that was put on by both men I was disappointed that Edge won especially since um now he's now forming this alliance this dark alliance with Damian Priest and he was sort of used as a distraction um but at the same time I was just like oh my gosh like why can't AJ you know be Edge <laughs> because it's just like Edge attacked him you know for no reason and thought he was just you know better than him so I was just like bro like why didn't AJ win this but I guess now you know we're sort of left with I guess more from edge and aj now um so yeah it's just a lot so now like i said edge has formed this alliance with damian priest and even though the crowd was chanting we don't care with him with him talking about how he was lost before he aligned with edge it seems like damian really is leading into this 
um, darker part of himself. So now he doesn't care about us. And a lot of people online are feeling like Edge is just starting a new brood. And I'm not necessarily sure that's where they're going, but hey, whatever. And then somebody, I believe in AEW, accused, um, I guess jokingly accused Edge of trying to steal the House of Black gimmick. But I don't know if that's really what's going on here. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to have to just go back and rewatch that match because, like I said, it moved a little bit slower than the other matches did. But either way, Edge won, and that's pretty much it from there. Um, then we had a really, really sad part of the WrestleMania card, which was the New Day. Um, that's Kofi Kingston and, of course, King Xavier Woods because I'm going to still call him the king because he's my king, so shut up. Um versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland with of course Butch slash Pete Dunn out there and this match was really short and I don't know if they meant to make it this short or not but I was really disappointed that you had Kofi who had probably one of the greatest Wrestlemania moments in the past 10 years with him winning the WWE title at Wrestlemania um and then you had Xavier um who is the king of the ring and everything you know, and they were out there with their gear, which paid tribute to the various moments of Big E. And the outfit was designed like the one he wore when he won the WWE title. And he was out there and then they were out there. Not Big E wasn't out there, but they were out there and they wound up losing the match in in a match that was like less than a minute long. Like, what? That made me upset. And then what kind of made me even more upset was the fact that that match got bumped down to night two because it was supposed to be on night one. But then it got bumped to night two. And then the match didn't even last as long. And Sheamus and Ridge wound up winning. And I'm just like, so you mean to tell me after watching them fight each other all this time on SmackDown and then they finally get to have their big WrestleMania moment with Biggie inspired gear. And then they lose to Sheamus and Ridge Holland in a minute. That made me very upset. I hated that. I hated that for them. Because I literally feel like Xavier and Kofi deserve better than that. Like, they've given us and they've given WWE so much in the past eight years. And it's like you give them that piece of a moment. And it was literally a piece of it. Not even a full moment, but a piece of it. And that was disrespectful. And I hated that so very much for them. And I'm ready for Seamus and Ridge and Butch to kind of just break up and just move on from beefing with the New Day. Even though they did fight each other on SmackDown with Xavier, um, I believe, with Xavier versus Butch. I'm just kind of ready for this to end now. I'm just tired of it at this point. Um, I just feel like they've squeezed as much as they can out of it. And even with Big E gone, it's just like, mm, okay, I've had enough. I'm ready for them to not fight each other anymore. So, yeah, that was one of the darker parts of WrestleMania that made me say, even though most of WrestleMania was really great, that was one of the parts that really just made me upset because the New Day deserves better than that. They're the greatest faction in WWE history. They deserve better. And that's all I'm saying. So... Then we had Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. And this match gave everything it was supposed to give. 
Pat McAfee came out there with his entrance with the um, Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, and they actually were able to play his theme song, which is Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes, which is a classic, amazing rock song. Um, And I feel like it's just so great that that's his theme song. It just fits him. It fits his bombastic attitude. And I'm so glad he was able to have that moment and make his dream come true. And then something that surprised me about his wrestling gear was the fact that he basically had on a blazer while he was doing commentary. And he basically took off that blazer and had on the same outfit (laughs) with some tennis shoes on. And I was just like, so he didn't change clothes at all in the back. But it's okay. It was cute either way. And he came out there and he wrestled that match. There was a point where he even jumped up on the top rope perfectly and did a suplex onto Austin Theory. And I was just like, bruh, if he wanted to be a full-time wrestler, he could. And I'm just so happy that Pat McAfee had his moment and beat up on Austin Theory, even in front of Vince McMahon, who came out there to be in Austin Theory's corner. And I just love this match. And it was just really good. Um, You got to see more of why Austin Theory could very well be the future of the business. And you got to see why Pat McAfee is so passionate about wrestling and how he was making his dreams come true with his athleticism and with um, his dedication to the sport, um, even after his football career. So it was great. And I was so happy that Pat McAfee was able to celebrate and have his moment at WrestleMania. But then another part of me felt like it was ruined because he went on to sort of talk smack at Vince McMahon. And then Vince McMahon decided he wanted to have him a moment too. So he got loose from his suit stuff and his suit jacket or whatever. And he started fighting Pat McAfee. And he wound up beating Pat McAfee. And I'm just like, bro, why? And it was all because Austin Theory... um, interfered on his behalf or whatever and then he covered him and i was just like bro vince you don't even need a you don't even need a wrestlemania win at this point but then as they were celebrating and as they were messing with and beating up on pat mcafee guess who came out stone cold steve austin the glass broke again everybody went crazy then stone cold steve austin came out there to sort of i guess help pat mcafee but not really but really to antagonize Mr. McMahon because they have been mortal enemies for years and years and years. And I thought it was funny because it's like, it was almost like a full circle moment because Stone Cold Steve Austin had his last-ish match at WrestleMania 19 with The Rock. And then Mr. McMahon had his last-ish match um, at WrestleMania 19 too with the man formerly known as Hulk Hogan. Um, and that, and considering that's one of my favorite WrestleManias, I just thought that was really interesting trivia for them to have this moment together. And yeah, it was cool. But still in my mind, I'm just like, why did Vince need to beat Pat McAfee? Like you could have just left him alone and let him celebrate, but no, it's whatever, but it's okay. Cause Stone Cold Steve Austin got back at Vince McMahon while they were drinking beer together and tried to hit him with a stunner that Vince McMahon didn't necessarily sell as well but you know there's only so much he can do he's almost 80 years old but I admire the fact that he had the tenacity to try and do it anyway so that's where we're at 
and even Stone Cold had to laugh at it. And then he even invited Pat McAfee back in the ring for a drink. He had um, a beer, and then he wound up stunning him to the point to where Pat McAfee spit his beer out, and it was just really funny. And then he speared, well, not speared, he gave a stunner to um, Austin Theory as well, and he jumped up in the air and sold it too. So basically, Stone Cold Steve Austin was just having a day. It was Stone Cold Mania. It's okay. It's Texas. He can do it, and nobody there's nobody greater than him we love him so much so yeah then of course to finally end night two we have the winner takes all match between roman reigns and brock lesnar and honey i know a lot of people online was disappointed with this match but i actually wasn't i thought the match was pretty good and it gave you know, what you would expect from them, even though I know Roman Reigns, it turns out that Roman Reigns was injured. It still gave a lot of what you sort of expected from the both of them. You got all kinds of suplexes and stuff from Brock Lesnar. You even had a moment where he tried to low-key break Roman Reigns' arm with the submissions or whatever. And it's just like he gave everything that, you know, you would imagine he would give, even though he didn't make him bleed like I thought he was going to do. Because Brock Lesnar took off his gloves and everything. I thought he was going to make him bleed, but he did not. Um, And then, of course, you had Roman Reigns, who this time surprisingly did not utilize cheating efforts in order to win. Um, Because the Usos did come out there with him. Or, well, no, Paul Heyman came out there with him. But... No cheating happened on the part of Roman Reigns. So it was just kind of like, okay, so he's just going to fight this man straight up. And that's what happened. And Roman Reigns wound up putting him to sleep. And he wound up winning. And I was like, dang, well, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I was just like, okay. And a lot of people feel like that was anticlimactic. Or it just ended too quickly for them. And I was just like, okay, he hit a spear on him and it's whatever. So I was just happy Roman Reigns won because watching Brock Lesnar with both of the belts just wasn't going to work for me. So watching Roman Reigns with both of the titles definitely works for me. And it was definitely a beautiful shot to see because Roman has basically main evented all of these WrestleManias, like basically these WrestleManias in the, within the past, you know, six to eight years. And for him to go on and win both of these titles, um, when just only like a few years ago, people were booing him out of arenas and people hated him and stuff. And now he's gone on to create this new character, the Tribal Chief, that people either really, really love or really, really hate. It's just really interesting. And I'm just really glad that we got this version of Roman Reigns now, who is ruling over WWE with an iron fist. And of course, he's now goading the Usos to try to win all the gold as well, while possibly getting ready to fight Shinsuke Nakamura, while also having Cody Rhodes waiting in the wings as well so roman's got stuff to do and i'm really happy for him so he's our champion he's our tribal chief and the ruler of us all and i am grateful now as far as brock lesnar goes he hasn't really popped back up he wasn't on smackdown he's not looking for revenge at this point i think he's just gone back to canada for now so yeah that's pretty much all the fallout and all of how how I felt about WrestleMania night one and night two. I enjoyed WrestleMania as a whole um, this time. Um, this was probably one of the best WrestleManias I've seen. 
um, in recent memory. I know last year was pretty good and stuff like that, but this year was still pretty good as well. Um, I know last year a lot of people felt like night two didn't really deliver, but I feel like this one delivered in different ways. But night one definitely was the better one out of both nights. And of course, next year they're going to be in California. And maybe your girl will actually make a concerted effort to actually try and go. I was trying to go to WrestleMania this year and even tried to win the WWE interview contest that they had on TikTok. If you may or may not have noticed my posts on my social media posts on Instagram and Twitter, I did post my videos from TikTok where I did try to go out for the WWE interview contest but nobody won no one won they didn't choose a winner and they did and WWE had the right to do that if they wanted to you know scrap that idea and go with another one which it seems like they did because they had a lot of different correspondents that were a little bit more experienced in sports and stuff like that like Maria Menounos and like um Jackie Redman and so many other people and they even got some person on um from TikTok who has more of a following with a podcast called the best friends podcast or something but either way it was still a good opportunity to try out for even though I was kind of sad because I thought they picked somebody else and I was just like bro does this mean I suck and I almost had a whole like I had a whole meltdown but it really doesn't mean I suck I learned that you know, this business can be, you know, up and down sometimes, but I know that I can't give up and stop using my voice just because, you know, I don't get certain opportunities. And I'm also learning that maybe my life just isn't created for the shortcut popcorn way to success. Um, sometimes you just really have to work hard and, you know, better yourself at, at your craft and figure out, you know, what works best for you. So, yeah, <laughs> that was my experience with WrestleMania this weekend, this past weekend. But I am happy I was able to watch it with my family and my boyfriend and his family and just enjoy everything as a fan because it's not all about working sometimes. Sometimes you really just got to relax and just remember why you fell in love with things in the first place. And that's what WrestleMania did. It reinvigorated um, my love for wrestling even more. And I feel like that's the most important thing. So that's the end of the recap and my reactions to WrestleMania night one and night two. Alright, so thank you for listening to this new episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. As usual, if you want to follow your girl Stephanie Hardy, the host and creator of this beautiful show of mine, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy, and you can follow me on TikTok at Stephanie underscore Hardy. And you can also follow the Hardy Wrestling Podcast on Facebook as well. And of course, subscribe to my YouTube channel and leave um, nice comments under my interviews and my videos and the audio versions of these episodes. And also, you know, you can listen to me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and every other place you can listen to podcasts. Please like um, and share and subscribe to it. And also leave good reviews and ratings. Please rate it five stars if you really, really like it. And give great comments on the podcast if you like what you hear. I am still on the road to 100 episodes. So please, you know, so if you do still listen to my podcast, thank you for the support. 
Um, And I'm hoping to learn how to, you know, grow my podcast more and more. And of course, I have really good news coming this week involving my podcast that I can't really share right now, but I will be sharing later this week. So I hope you can, you know, catch up with me and see what I have in store, you know, for the next couple of months and also the next couple of weeks as well so i hope your love for wrestling has been reinvigorated by wrestlemania or the other great things that went on this past weekend in wrestling and i hope even though you may or may not be that big of a fan you're you still learn something you know from my podcast and i hope to continue to give you great and quality content until of course Um, I either can't anymore or until something pops up in my life where I might just have to stop because of, you know, work and stuff and everything else. So, yeah, you can also catch me on Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet on Fight TV and on our YouTube channel where I do various after shows. Um, I just did a Corey and Carmella after show and I always do the Smackdown and Rampage after show with Dreon Santana on Friday nights after Rampage. Um, so please check that out as well. And also just just continue to support wrestling as a whole um, and just continue to find what you love about it and share the positivity of it, you know, no matter what, because it's easy to talk about all the things that you hate, but it takes a lot of effort, you know, to focus on all the things that you love about that certain thing. So focus on what you love about wrestling, because I definitely believe that this weekend was one of those weekends to help you you know, fully realize and rediscover what you love about it. So please do that. As always, this is your girl, Stephanie Hardy of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And until next time, bye, y'all.